Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Logar the Barbarian, and I've got a special guest with me, Matt Kay from Mud and Blood Podcast and the Three Skulls Tavern YouTube channel. Matt, say hello to the guests or listeners. <laughs> you are the guest. <laughs> hello, hello. It's Matt. Um, yep. I'm, uh, I'm a Mud and Blood co-host and um, yeah, host I, on the Three Skulls Tavern YouTube channel. Yeah. I'm a big fan of Year Zero engine games and the reason i originally reached out to you i i've got something that you've written which is the year zero mini Mm -hmm. rule set which is a really cool rule set we've mentioned here on the show before because you tell us about that a little some of those things that you some of the things you've got going on right now that you're yeah yeah so i like year zero mini is the first um like finished game (laughs) i say finished game that i've written um mainly because i've been i've been kind of working on several different projects for many years now. Uh, but Year Zero Mini basically is a framework for playing, like, it's it's really designed for those games when you would normally go for Fate or Rhesus or Savage Worlds or, or you know, one of these generic rule sets that are able to kind of emulate any kind of game or GURPS, for example, whatever, um, BRP. But you want something, I wanted something lightweight. And this, this stemmed out of my home group's um, experiences with Fate. I, I backed Fate Core in the, when it came out in Kickstarter a very long time ago, really heavily, um, and played and ran the hell out of, um, oh, am I allowed to say naughty words on this podcast i didn't ask we've first. had a few sneak by um i okay. try not right. to i try not to drop any f-bombs right. i i am the worst i i have the mouth of a sailor but i actually try not okay. to let it slip All here right. but i don't have a problem with it no, that's fine that's fine that's fine i i have very religious parents so i know how to switch it off pretty easily yeah i'm not very religious <laughs> that's no that's cool i'm not either but yeah i i can switch it off that's fine um we'll make this pg <laughs> um where was i uh yeah so fates i had been playing a lot of fate running a lot of fate and it never really clicked with our group for various reasons and anyway i i've um i got into mutant year zero when it came out in english like a few months after it was released and really fell for the year zero engine really hard and instantly being the tinker that i am started creating stuff like homebrew stuff for the various games that were coming out um i have some stuff on the um drive through rpgs uh, sorry on the free league workshop as well so I've, i've done like three things for three different games um yeah for for various year zero engine games and i kind of got to the point where i really wanted to run like you've got these ideas for like a mini campaign like you have this really kind of off the wall zany setting idea or you want to run like one one game that we ran with fate was uh the film the warriors you know from like 1979 oh, yeah. or it came it out all the time growing up yeah <laughs> so like we wanted to we wanted to, like one of the one of the players in our group wanted to run a warriors campaign but only a short one for like six episodes or something and we used fate accelerated for that and it worked but it it just just wasn't really great and those are the those are the kind of games that like our group really played and like did a lot of we have like most of the players in our in our group um are gms as well and we do like rotating uh, like every every six to 10 um, sessions, we'll change the game, we'll change the GM. So we don't really do like long campaigns with just one thing. We're co- constantly changing things up. And Fate was was good for that because it was generic. But it, I, loved, I loved the Year Zero engine and I ended up looking at how I could create something really lightweight that still was Year Zero engine and kind of would could be the go-to system for my home group. 
Can, I, po- can I get yeah. the pause there real quick? I just want to be clear. We're about four minutes into talking, and I realize we maybe there's some out there who haven't heard of the Year Zero engine before. Okay. And yeah. aren't familiar with it. And I just want to – Year Zero engine is – a. It's an open system that Free League Publishing uses for their role-playing games, for most of them. Uh, If you're familiar with Tales from the Loop, Forbidden Lands, Coriolis, or the Alien role-playing game, or it came from originally Mutant Year Zero. So I just wanted to put that out there. And it is a D6-based system. I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, that's all good. That's all good. I mean, that's the beauty. The beauty of the Year Zero engine system is that it's D6 dice pools. Um, and like I, my very first role-playing game was um, West End Games Star Wars back in the 90s. Oh, yes. And that was D6 dice pools. But you like you roll the dice and then you add up every every die value to get like, and you're against a target number, right? So it's a little bit slow um, when you actually run it. I love that game too. But this is like, yeah, the, year, the beauty of the Year Zero engine is you're just looking for sixes. And a six means success. So it's much, much faster. Um, and it's just really great. It's, it's also incorporated, you know, decades worth of game game design theory into it to kind of like pull in a lot of narrative stuff as well. Anyway, long story short, Year Zero Mini was me um, pulling in a lot of the ideas from the Year Zero engine. And really what I ended up going with was using Tales from the Loop as the, chase, the chassis, so to speak. Like the, the, the bones of the system is Tales from the Loop. And then I I basically just pulled in a bunch of other systems from various, like powered by the apocalypse, um, from fates, like all over the place, um, massage them all together to kind of fit together and ended up coming with up with this thing called year zero mini. So um, there's a free version of it available on drive through RPG. Um, there's also a $2 version, which includes uh, some two versions of a phone PDF. Um, and yeah, it's like the entire rules fit on two, two pages. One page is the core rules. The second page is conflict. Uh, one page for character creation, one page for game mastering tips, and one page of advice for uh, tweaking a setting to the rules. And that's basically it in a nutshell. It's really, it's pretty lightweight. Well, I know one thing that I always, I love the year zero system. And I've always thought there can be so much done with it. And mm. I thought it would be great to just have a generic year zero system book. Yeah. When I discovered that, I was like, this is what it is. And it doesn't take an entire an entire <laughs> 300 pages to make this system just like, this is the system. This is how to play. Here's the, the bones of it. And I love that because I am a big yeah. fan of more streamlined, simpler games. We're really into a lot of OSR type yeah. light sure. games and things like that. Yeah, I, I am too. Yeah, definitely. I'm a big fan of um, Into the Odd and Electric Bastion Land and Master yes. and stuff too. Like some of my favorite game, one of my favorite games. Well, uh, yeah. Anyway, now, you have a you have another project you were you've been talking about. You're working on. I saw you. you I saw something that you had done was this the town generator for Pitchfork. Mm. Yeah, village generator. Yeah, the, yeah. The village generator. Sorry, not the town. So, <laughs> yeah, it's all good. All good. Uh, so so Pitchfork is is my kind of um, my magnum opus. It seems right now. It started off being something kind of light, then it got bigger, then it got huge, and then it's it's kind of I'm trying to make it smaller again. And in the in the end, I've decided to like what I, I'm currently I'm saying in the end, I'm still like <laughs> I haven't written the thing, and it's probably going to change a bit more. Um, but at the moment, the idea is that well, let me just tell you about Pitchfork first. Pitchfork is a folk horror game set in a kind of mythic version of medieval Germany. It was inspired by Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay, which I really love. I also, I'm, as you might be able to tell from my accent, um, I, I'm, an, I'm a native English speaker. I'm from, I was actually born in the States, but I've, I kind of lived a long time in the UK. 
Um, and I live now in Germany. I've been living in Germany for the past four or five years. So that kind of living in Germany just makes the whole, like playing Wolfrop even more like rich because, you know, I, I'll drive through a village and it's the, 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 the name of the village is like, that'd be perfect for a Wolfrop campaign. Um, <laughs> and so basically this started percolating in my head. Like I, I, I love Wolfrop, but I don't really love the system. I'm not a huge, I shouldn't say I'm not a huge D100 fan. I, I like D100 games. Um, it's just that Warhammer tends to be on the crunchier side of where what I tend to like these days. So about three years ago, I started working on a year zero hack of Warhammer fantasy roleplay. And because obviously Warhammer is um, is owned by, the IP is owned by Games Workshop, who are very aggressive in pursuing intellectual property claims, I had to file all the names off. I had to make it like similar to Warfrup, but not really Warfrup, you know, and I started working on a like a um, a Norse version, like a Norse game called Nord Saga, which um, is still kind of on the back burner now. And that developed into this thing called Pitchfork. And Pitchfork has kind of developed, gone into the direction of it being a. If you think of, of a Wolfrop game, if 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 you're familiar with Wolfrop, or if your your listeners are familiar with Wolfrop, Wolfrop again, Warhammer fantasy roleplay. It's a kind of like pseudo European medieval slash Renaissance um, kind of. Uh, fantasy thing right and like it's it takes place in the in the empire in the old world which is basically germany it's got silly german names etc but when you actually play the game it very quickly goes from being fairly gritty and down to earth and dangerous to you know once you start getting into your second and third careers in that in those games the various editions you start becoming quite heroic and the published adventures the published campaigns also tend to go from being kind of you know sort of lower powered, if you will, to being quite heroic and even like saving the world, saving the empire by the end. And that always, for me, I, I really like the kind of low power, the gritty stuff. And Pitchfork is my answer to that. So Pitchfork is kind of like if Wolfrop and Call of Cthulhu had a baby, huh. um, but without any of the Lovecraftian stuff, right? So it's basically folk horror. The idea behind it is you are the member, you are a peasant, you are a member of a village, an isolated village in the middle of the Holy Roman, like a mythical version of the Holy Roman Empire around 1400 AD. And so this is like a, a few generations after the plague has kind of ravaged Europe as well. And the idea is that you're in this, you're in this like isolated village. You have all of the trappings that go with serfdom and, you know, feudalism, all that stuff that was a massive part of the daily life for commoners during the medieval, the medieval era. And on top of that, so you're kind of like, you're in this village, the thing, like, the thing with serfdom is like, you are, you are not allowed to leave. And most people wouldn't want to leave. Community is such a strong thing in, in kind of like in village life. That was a big thing in village life back then that outsiders were tra treated with uh, suspicion, often hostility. And I'm not talking about racism. I'm talking about general xenophobia. If you if people didn't know who you were, they would not trust you. They would think you'd be, you were a thief or whatever. Right. And you take these ideas of like of, of isolation and suspicion and all the rest of it. You put yourself, your players, right in the middle of this village, that they are villagers themselves. They have links to every NPC that they're creating in this village. They are a member of that community. They're not going to want to go. The players shouldn't want to run off and go do typical like fantasy adventures. They need to be invested in this village. And then once, once you've got that village created, you've got that village, everyone bought into that, that concept, then you start throwing horrible, horrible stuff at them. Um, and there's just a rich tapestry of stuff to draw from, both from um, medieval folklore, from mythology, and just 
and just like daily grind that people had to go through then. So, so Pitchfork, that's the idea behind Pitchfork. I was originally going to make it into a full-fledged game using the Year Zero engine. I was going to create my own, my own system for it. In fact, I have like a, a system I did create for it that was going through some different phases. Um, and in the end, I've taken a page out of the OSR and I'm going to be making it uh, system neutral. Oh, I like that. So it's going to be like a toolbox. Um, and yeah, I'm, there's going to be some mechanics in it, some like modular systems that are going to be kind of necessary to emphasize the kind of folk horror elements of it, the tone of the game that's like the game that, that I'm kind of trying to encourage people to play. And I'll probably do a year zero mini rule set as an appendix at the back and also do, I, I was, I'm thinking of doing two rule sets tweaked for it. One would be an OSR one, probably into the odd because there's an SRD out for that. Um, and then my own year zero mini, obviously. Yeah, and then that's basically that's basically the idea behind it. I like that a lot. I think that's cool to have multiple systems back, there, especially if they're streamed like Cairn and a lot of these other systems that are floating around are so yeah. streamlined that you can just, you know, tack it yeah. on in a couple pages. And why not throw a few different systems in the back? That's a really cool idea. I really appreciate that. That's yeah. Neat. And I mean, that's the also, thing. Like everybody's got their favorite system, right? It's yeah. like, I, th I think this is one of the things like every, everybody has the, this idea for a cool game, but so often it's like, let's, let's put a new system on it. And <laughs> it's just the world needs another rpg system in this day and age yeah. we're in the golden age of role-playing right i mean I've, i'm creating my own but still it's like they don't if you've got a cool campaign idea or a setting idea why not make it a bit more neutral and and like just let people yeah play how they want i like that i pick up a lot of especially smaller press indie published type things like zines and stuff yeah and when it's got a whole new system especially if it's a big game like a, like a book book game, like those 200, 300 page games. It's got a whole new system. That's harder for yep. me to try to get in there to run. Oh yeah. <laughs> like if I can yeah. run it with an existing system that I have, my chances of running it increase exponentially. And yeah, I tend sure. to look for stuff that's compatible with yeah. things that I already have because I know I'm going to run it. I will pick up some things with newer systems, but yeah, if I see system neutral on a book and it's, or something that I'm already have a lot of books of, those are the things I gravitate towards in general. Yeah. So yeah, I appreciate that. That's a really cool idea, especially <laughs> keeping like a little year zero mini rule set back there and a yeah, little into the yeah. odd type rule set. I yeah. mean, I, I'd imagine BX could be boiled down to. Oh, I'm not a DD fan. <laughs> I, yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna do anything. Anything BX. Like if there's gonna be any OSR rule sets in there, they're gonna, it's gonna be Troika. It's gonna be like the kind of new wave stuff. I like um, that. I mean, there's a lot yeah, of cool stuff yeah. coming out right now. I haven't had yeah. a chance to run Troika yet. I got about a whole shelf of this stuff. <laughs> got to find. I know the feeling. It. <laughs> whole, it's really cool. I haven't yeah. had a chance to run it yet. That's not what we're running. <laughs> yeah. Now that's me with a bunch of other OSRs like Mothership as well. I've got a big shelf full of Mothership stuff. Oh yeah, I've run. A, I've actually no, I'm not actually. I'm not actually running any Mothership. I've played Mothership. I've not run it. Yeah. Anyway, um, I have Mothership OSR dilemma. <laughs> I have Mothership on the schedule to run. <laughs> I have oh, cool. it. I have the dates. I'm going to be running it finally. <laughs> so I haven't ran it. Nice. But I will be saying I've ran Mothership here shortly. <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> See, I'm, I've uh, I've kickstarted the the new. Um, like the the first edition, I guess, box set. And yes. so that's that's my excuse to myself is I'll wait for that to come out and then I'll run it. <laughs> yeah, we got I got Give myself some time. Zine floating around here. So it's, it was just like yeah. a little player's guide type right. thing. Yeah. It wasn't I like, yeah, I really appreciate that. I like that. 
I like when a game can be contained in like less than 40 pages and yep. that's great on the other yep. end i also love huge massive books and my favorite things are these giant tomes of game books too so <laughs> I just, yeah i like it all yeah. i guess yeah so year zero system yeah I, i'd like to talk a little more about that because i'm really into the year zero system i really appreciate it i i've i've uh what, what prompted when i originally reached out to you i was sitting there reading through the coriolis book again because i've read through yeah. it multiple times now uh, I'm really, I, I'm fascinated with it. And was that you? That, did you write the, there was like a Coriolis. Um, phrase book. Yes. The phrase book is what it yeah. was. And I was, and I, 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 when I was reading through the book, I said, I went over and I pulled open the phrase book and started reading through that. I had, because I had to have a folder of oh, just tons of stuff I've had from, <laughs> I'm not yep. even remember what, I can't even remember when I got it. I don't remember. It's been there for a yeah, minute. Yeah. I don't even know when it came out. It's been there for a minute though. At least a few years ago, I think I might be wrong. But my my phrase book. Yeah. Oh, I have no idea. Um, yeah, I don't. It's been there for a minute. It's. I mean, I I wrote it up in. It was like on. Um, I think I originally posted on Google Plus when that still was a thing. The first like first version of it. Hmm. Um, yeah, it probably went on Drive Through RPG shortly after the the um, Free League Workshop launch. So that would have been, I guess, like a year, a year and a half, two years ago now. Something yeah, like that. I may I have picked it up. That's probably when I grabbed it. I, it probably is. I think I remember when that happened. I started searching a lot of free league, free league stuff when they did that. Yeah. And getting a so lot was, of that stuff was there, there near the beginning. I think, in fact, that might have been my very first one that I put on the workshop. So, and that was within like probably a week or two when that launched. So, yeah, that would, that probably ties up. But yeah, like I, I lived in, um, I lived in Pakistan for four years when I was a teenager back in the nineties and learned, and learned two languages when I was out there. And that's kind of why Coriolis to me is a really draws to me because it touches on some of my, um, like teenage touch points of, of living out there. Yeah. And just was kind of thinking about the language and I saw, I seen somebody else had done a, um, somebody was sharing a Coriolis um, they weren't calling it a phrase book. They're calling it something like a, like a glossary or something. And they basically had taken a bunch of Arabic words and just provided like Arabic words that like an Arabic phrase book kind of almost. Yes. But the problem is for an English, like people who don't have, don't have any experience with Arabic or an Arabic language, it's very hard to pronounce and it's very hard to read and pronounce as well. And for me, like when I see, when I, when I think of my players trying to pronounce a word in Arabic and getting it really wrong, because I can speak those languages, <laughs> I kind of flinch, right? If, if I had no basis to base that on, like if we were all speaking some language that I have no experience with, then we, we could all butcher it together and I would be no the, none the wiser. But I was like, well, why not? Like we're, we're looking at Coriolis is this like massive hodgepodge of, of cultures from the Arabic and the Persian like cultures. And it makes sense then that there would be this sort of pidgin language mixing a lot of the a lot of these same cultures, like the languages that that are in these cultures, mixing a lot of them together. So I was looking at like Arabic and and Farsi and Hindi um, and Babar, like all all the kind of languages from like that area. And I was basically looking for game game terms that people are likely to use when they're playing a game. And then looking through like what these terms are in these different languages and trying to like either mix them together a little bit or cherry pick ones that are kind of easy for an English speaking person to say without like, you know, getting your tongue all twisted around. And yeah, I was, I, I'm kind of butchering, I'm, I'm taking a lot of liberties there. I'm butchering a lot of stuff, but um, 
I'm kind of, I've had a lot of good feedback. I've actually had quite a few Arabic people get back in, in touch and, uh, with me and say that they really liked what I did there. So I guess I, it's not like, I don't know, like there could be an argument that I'm doing some cultural appropriation or something or, or something along those lines. But um, I think um, I'm pretty happy with it anyway. We used it like I've, um, I've run Coriolis and I've been a player in some Coriolis campaigns and they've, um, I've always kind of brought that to the table um, for the other players to try and you know, get a little bit more into the, it kind of helps with the culture if you're using, like dropping a few words here and there. And yeah, it's, it's gone pretty well. So yeah, that's cool. Cool that you found that. <laughs> um, when I was, uh, I ran, I ran Forbidden Lands over COVID with a group. Okay. Yeah. And that, the first one that I actually, no, that was before that. I also ran Vaccine. I'm trying to remember what else. I think those may be the only two free league games I've ran so far yet. Um, I've got a huge stack of books there and I'm just like, okay, when I get a chance to run this, but unlike six, six months or whatever, we said six months or six week campaigns, like our Hyperborea campaigns going on two years. Now we do a lot of longer campaigns. So they tend to get, okay, when this campaign is now we, for a while, we did a switch out and would run for a few months uh, on Wednesday nights, alternating Mm. nights, we would run a different game. And that's when we started exploring some more of that. And then we uh, we switched over to Forbidden Lands. But I'm kind of going on a ramble of what we played when we played. Actually, you know what's interesting is that. Yeah. I think but, you, like the, the official year zero engine games are really good for like long campaign play. They're kind of built for that. What I really like, one of the things that I really like for a lot of them is that they are heavy on hex crawl um, hmm. and strongholds and things like that. And they give yeah. some cool, they give some cool structure to do it, like with Mutant Year Zero, a focus on building up your stronghold. And I don't think it's called, I think they changed the name in every single one. Like it's your spaceship when it comes to um Yeah. Yeah. You've got an arc in Mutant Year Zero, you've got your ship in Coriolis, and you've got yes. the stronghold in Forbidden Lands. And Vazen has um has a base. There's like a castle as well that you're that you can kind of develop. Yeah, they do sort of like a Ghostbusters headquarter type thing only a hundred yeah. years ago is kind of the feel you get for kind it. Of. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, that works. Yeah. I think the games that probably don't have it for like Twilight 2000 doesn't have any sort of um, base mechanic, but you, you're kind of not, and that might come up later because I think they've talked about some of the supplements they're going to be doing. Um, so there, there could be rules for, you know, for developing a, like a settlement or possibly even like rivercraft, like having like a, a boat type of thing. I'm sitting here thinking yeah. you're in the middle of war. Like, like what kind of stronghold are you going to have? Like digging out trenches? Well, <laughs> like I, mean, I, I don't think it's, that war it's any different. I guess you have the base, you get the rear. You I mean, it's still a post-apocalyptic rear. survival game really mm-hmm. at its core rather than a war game. It's just that there's, it's in the middle of a war zone. Um, so there is a lot, I think there's a lot of space to do settlement stuff because it's, in fact, it's going to be even more volatile than any of the other games because, I mean, just think of any post-apocalyptic, whether it's like The Walking Dead or anything, like if you, if you put roots down and you try to make a settlement, you're, you're instantly putting a target on your back. Yeah. And other people are going to want to come and raid it and steal all your stuff and, you know, kill everyone, all that kind of stuff. So I, I think there's a lot of opportunity for rich play there. I just think um, like the core gameplay loop is about trying to get, you know, you're playing, you're playing, I mean, the default position is you're playing um, American troops who are trying to like the, the order's gone out, you're on your own and you're trying to get like, make your way out of Poland, out to the West. 
um, which is how the original Twilight 2000 games always ran as well. And this is kind of following suit. So it, you're not encouraged to put roots down. You're not encouraged to, um, you know, try and build up a, a community. You're encouraged to try and get home. So I think, I think in few, and this has actually happened in like some of the older Twilight 2000 source books is um, as, as that becomes harder and harder to do. Um, I mean, you might be able to do it. You might be able to get to the, you know, to the, the coast of the Atlantic and then maybe make your way across somehow. And then back in the States, it's going to be, there's all sorts of stuff happening. Um, but there's also a lot of opportunities for putting roots down, um, not just in Poland, but across Europe. And there's like all these source books previously that have done that. I think Free League are planning on kind of covering some similar grounds in source books. So we'll see what happens there anyway. Um, Are they doing like a, so right now they have out just the box set, right? It's just like a yeah. like little, like a that's, player's guide and a game master's guide of sorts. Yeah. So, I mean, that's just, that just released today. Like as a time, I don't know if this is going out, but like while we're recording I think this it, is going to be out Saturday. So, and so it just released right. two days ago, three days ago, four days. I don't remember. Right. What yeah. So today's, today's the 16th. It was uh, officially released to the public today. I was a Kickstarter backer. So I've already got the, the physical like box set um, myself. And yeah, you get, um, you get like two packets of dice. Uh, sorry. One packet of dice. So which has two sets of base dice one set of ammo dice and a hit die in it um like a hit location die uh you get a paperback referees manual a, a paperback player's guide you get a ton of maps that are really good quality you get a, a, a set of punchable like um tokens cardboard tokens for use on the maps uh yeah and i think that's more or less it and like you get some cards, so you get some cards as well. Yeah, that's that's one I did not back Twilight Two Thousand. I'll, I'll be a hundred percent honest. Like I I looked at it and I thought I love free league stuff. I'm gonna end up picking it up and I might use parts. I will never run that game. I was in the yes. Marine Corps and it was terrible. And I don't want to <laughs> play that. I don't even watch military yeah. movies. When I do something no. fun, I want it to be. Fantastic and, this, and crazy. I, I have Not to the say, military, no more Marine this, Corps. this game is also like, like it's a mill, it's a mill sim game as well. Like it is super crunchy, like way crunchier than anything they've done before. And it's meant to make you feel like you're in the middle of combat, like all the different options. And like, I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I'm not, I want, to, I like it a little bit lighter than that. <laughs> yeah, don't, that don't buy it. I'll that's, buy that's it. One, I'm that's one to avoid it and everything, but I will not run it. I, yeah. Honestly, if someone wanted to play it, I might try it out, you know, but I would not run it and I'll probably yeah. not play that one, but I'll probably yeah. end up getting it from the at Yoda Quest little local store here that I like to go to there. Gateway Games, one of them gets it in. I'm going to pick it up there. But yeah, that's really the reason I didn't back it. I was sitting here thinking, you know, I can probably pick it up one day. It'll they'll have it at the game store when it comes out. No, they. I, no, my question is, are they putting out like a big hardback book as well? No. As a, it's just going to be the box sets. Yeah, it's huh. kind. Of, yeah, just the box set with these these two paperbacks inside. I mean, the paperbacks are pretty big. Um, they're pretty chunky, but and they're very well made as well. But um, yeah, it's a different format for them. Yeah, I like it. I like it. And they like they have been putting out those box sets with paperback books in for the game, but then they also usually yeah. end up putting out a big, a big hardback at the same time. So that's why I kind of assumed that they might have done that. With well, that, I think the apparently... yeah the box sets currently we got Forbidden Lands, which has two hardback mm -hmm. books in it. That um, one and does. all the other all the other box sets are starter sets. So they're yeah the starter um, set not really they're going to have paperback like you know slimmed down versions of the rules with like an adventure and stuff like that. So that that kind of makes sense. But the the set like the if you if you have any of the starter books. 
like Alien or Tales of yes. the Loop or um, what's the other big one? Symborium has one. Sim, yeah, Symborium. Then um, you'll kind of, it's it's the same. It's kind of like basically the same uh, print quality, but they're, they're chunkier books. So, okay. Yeah. Well, I'm excited. I'm going to definitely be picking it up. So uh, before we end up ending this, I would like you to do one thing for all of our, our listeners. Let our listeners yeah. know where they can find you online, where they can log in and check yeah. it out, your sites, where they can get your games and see your yeah. see your YouTube and podcast and everything else. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, it's it's pretty easy, actually. I have a website. Um, if you type in uh, threeskulls.pub, um, so it's the number three, skulls.pub. It'll take you to a, a one-page website, which has all my social media links at the top. Uh, it's got my YouTube link. It's got little um, blurbs of all the games I'm working on, along with links to where you can pick them up on like DriveThruRPG or Itch if they're there. And yeah, that's the easiest place. So threeskulls.pub. Um, my YouTube channel is threeskulls.tv, so also pretty easy. Um, that's a redirect link that'll take you to the YouTube channel. Um, and I'm, my my YouTube channel is uh, it comes it's weekly every Sunday. There's a there's a session uh, an episode a video I should say, <laughs> and it's a mix of actual play content and um, which is all sorts of stuff. Dev diaries for the stuff I'm working on, interviews, etc. And it's all um, focused on Free League Publishing's game. So if you like the Year Zero Engine or you like Free League, um, then you'll probably like my channel. So that's me. So go give a like and follow. You can find Matt K. Yes, please. <laughs> and as always, you can find us at wildliesandwizards.com and uh, keep those dice rolling. <laughs> <laughs>